0: Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. I'm so excited that you are here and just excited to connect with you this week. You're going to really, really love my guest this week. She's joining us all the way over from the East Coast. And we are actually, if you're not aware, we're actually in the middle of a series that I've titled Collaboration Over Competition. And I really believe that this is a topic that is needed. And, um, I'm just excited to dive into this topic this week. So welcome to the show, Rachel Hunka. Tell us a little bit about who you are and where you're joining us from.
1: Yeah. So like you said, my name is Rachel. I'm joining you from Canton, Ohio. So proud, love to be from uh, Northeast Ohio. And my husband and I are church planters. I've been in ministry for about 12 years (laughs) now, um, I always joke that I ended up in ministry on accident. It was never on purpose. <laughs> um, and I've got three little girls. I love uh, being a girl mom and getting to watch their personalities grow. And I don't know. That's, pro- that's probably it. That's probably it. I love gardening. So there's a fun fact.
0: Oh, yay. okay, so I'm like a garden freak. So so tell me we have to have like a little sidebar conversation here. Yeah. So tell me, do you have multiple flower gardens at your house? What does
1: that look like for you? Okay, so this year, I was very strategic with my flowers. This year, I planted every single flower that I like to put in a bouquet. And so I'm hoping, that I can grow this like beautiful flower garden and cut my own bouquets. I put some lavender, I have pink roses. Um, I've got these little, I don't even know what they are. They're these little blue flowers that my daughter brought home from preschool. So I planted those. Um, I've got some dahlias and then I have mammoth sunflowers and uh, sunset sunflowers. So the ones that are like reddish. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually planted an entire sunflower wall. Uh, at my house this year, so I'm very excited. And then vegetable wise, I've got a whole slew of things that they would have planted this year.
0: Wow! So you are brave. You even delve into the vegetable garden side so of oh, yeah. things too.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I have, my family has had just a massive garden my whole life, and so this actually the last two years I haven't had any vegetables, uh, because I've just been pregnant and it's, you know, I can't, I can't weed the garden and take care of it. So <laughs> I did not, didn't plant anything last year, um, or the year before, cause my kids were just, they were at an age where I was just not home during the summer. So I'm very excited to have my vegetable garden back. I really, really missed having that.
0: And okay. So the $100 question, everybody wants to know, do your kids love veggies or do you have to bribe them?
1: So I have one that absolutely loves every fruit, every single fruit. She will eat everything. And the other one um, will. So I'm calling that a win.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. When our daughter was, was little, so she's going to be 30 this year. And um, so I'm just dating myself right here. But (laughs) when she was little, uh, I used to, and this is like going way back. So when we used to like do fish sticks, you know, I would peel the breading back and I would lay green beans in there and (laughs) <laughs> and she just like, she would eat them, you know, it was the only way I could get her to do it. So um, I don't know, listeners, I don't know, you can maybe
1: use that in your own world. <laughs> that's, that's, I've actually tricked mine into eating uh, cucumbers and tricked my kids into trying fish because they thought that sushi rolls were cute. Oh. So I started giving them California rolls because that's you know that's the easiest entry into sushi I feel like, and so <laughs> they um, they now eat cucumbers and what is it in crab right that's in a California roll and avocado, so they've they've recently started eating that because they thought they were cute so,
0: <laughs> we got to do whatever we got to do right
1: right right. <laughs>
0: All right, well, I'm excited to um, just dive into this topic with you, Rachel. So right away, let's just jump into the deep end of the pool and let's just go at it. Uh, Do you agree that we see competition among women more than men? And if so, why do you think that is?
1: You know, it's hard for me to say whether or not I see it more, but as as a woman, I definitely experience it way more. I mean, the the competition that I experience versus what I see my husband experience, I would say mine is definitely more intense. It, it manifests in a very different way. Being church planters, I feel like there's automatically this weird, um, there was this weird like territorial thing that I saw happening when we were planting that my husband felt that a lot more. Yeah, it, it kind of... That's a whole nother thing. But uh, as far as like what I have experienced as a woman, mine has definitely felt far more intense. Mm. And I personally, my my guess, can't say I have statistical evidence for this. um, But my guess is that that happens because there's so many fewer opportunities for women. And so we feel this need to compete with one another and say like, well, this is mine. And, and we, when we see somebody sort of creep in on what it is that we're doing, we, we tend to get really combative about it. And, you know, it is, it is hard to find opportunities as a woman specifically in ministry. And so um, I see where that mentality can come from, but it's, it's not a healthy one. Mm-hmm.
0: It's like a scarcity mindset.
1: Yes, yes. Yes. And in my early years of, of ministry, I absolutely, absolutely operated from a scarcity mind, mindset. That, that scarcity mentality is far more common than it's not. And um, it took it out of that. Mm-hmm.
0: And so how do we lead ourselves well to avoid competition?
1: You know, for me, it, it came from this, this new mindset that when, when my husband and I, when we opened the community center where our church currently is, we had a community center before we ever had a church. We also, the same way I say I never meant to be in ministry, I also never meant to lead a church. Um, so when we opened this community center, one of the things that we did immediately was go to the ministries in the area and say, Hey, what are you doing? And how are you doing it? And, um, how can we work together? Because I don't want to do what you're doing. I, I don't. And, and we even went as far as to say, I don't want to operate or, or allow someone to come into this building and do what you're doing. Mm. And so that, that was huge in building relationships with the community in, um, and feeling like we were all on the same team. We're all working towards the same thing and, and just work working alongside one another. We always say, right. Our favorite phrase is work smarter, not harder. And so why am I going to do what the place up the street has been doing for 30 years? they they've been there for 30 years. So clearly they're doing it well. So I'm not going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so that, I mean, when we opened the community center, that, that totally flipped so much of my thinking on its head and and it takes a lot of practice like part of leading yourself well is what it says in scripture of taking every thought captive just because you become a christian and just because you enter into leadership doesn't mean you're not going to have struggles so part of getting out of that scarcity mentality was every time that crept into my head saying wait hold on where did that thought come from Mm -hmm. Why did I think that? And do I even believe that? Do I even actually believe that? Or is that just a thought that popped into my head and I need to address it? And so when I would feel this spirit of competition start popping into my brain, I would take a second and I would say, okay, where, where's that coming from? Where's that rooted?
0: Mm-hmm. What is that mm-hmm. rooted
1: in? Is it rooted in fear? Because if it's rooted in fear, God did not give me a spirit of fear and timidity, but power, love and, and self-discipline. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would get to the root. One of my absolute best friends in the world, she's a counselor and praise God for her. Uh, <laughs> yes. Cause she has kept me from having to go to counseling. Cause I just call her. Yes. <laughs> I, always, I always joke that I go to counseling in my text messages like eight times a day um, because I just text her. And um, she taught me so much about where our thoughts are rooted. And she has taught me to look for the underlying issues Mm -hmm. because most of the time, our issues in relationships, our issues in our thoughts, our issues with anger and stuff like that, it's all um, anger itself. Anger is a secondary emotion. So when I would, when, when an angry thought, I feel, I I don't know if you're an Enneagram, but like I'm a one wing nine anger is my life. So, (laughs) so when I would, when I would see something that would evoke anger and that spirit of competition within me, I would sit there and go, okay, Jordan told me that anger is a secondary emotion. Why do I feel angry right now? I feel anger because I am sensing that my own ministry or my own thing is on the line. Why do I feel that way? And, and just start like leading myself, like know yourself to lead yourself. It's a phrase that my husband uses all the time in his leadership consulting. And it's just, that has been huge for me is naming, naming the root of why I'm feeling and why I'm thinking certain things.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is so good. I feel like we could do a whole separate episode on getting to the root of things. Oh my gosh. um, Because I, I so wholeheartedly agree with you that You know, and I think that it takes intentionality, you know, to, we have to be aware, you know, and, and I don't know about you, but for myself to not be passive, you know, when those thoughts are, are coming in, I need to be, I need to be proactive, I need to, you know, kind of Stop and trace it back. Where did that come from? Why am I feeling that way? Why am I thinking that? And, you know, coming at it from that root level. uh, So good, Rachel. I don't know. I may have to have you back on the show to talk about just mind matters.
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, well, no, you need Jordan for that because let me tell you, that's just me texting her and being like, hey, here's the wisdom of my extremely smart best friend. Uh, (laughs) But no, like one of the things, one of the things that I think has helped me the most has been. Just allowing myself to process a thought when I have it. And so don't stifle it down. I have a great big Italian family. Every emotion is on its surface at all times. Mm -hmm. And so um, allowing myself to process things as they come into my mind instead of stifling them so that I implode later, that has helped me immensely. Because as the, as those thoughts pop in, sometimes even if, if my kids are going wild, I'll pull out my phone for like a sentence in my notepad app. Like, Hey, here's a thought you need to, you need to process this because this just crept in. And then revisiting that when I have the time, you know, after they go to bed or I have to get up really early, early in the morning, I'm an introvert. If I don't have an hour alone before my children wake up. whoo. It is not a good day. And so I'll revisit that stuff then, because I know I I have learned myself and if I let all of that stuff just sit and pile up and go unprocessed, I'm going to have a real, real bad day in a few weeks.
0: Yeah, that is so true. So true. And I would think that that so many of us Really can resonate with that. We've seen that in our own lives. I know I have. I know I have. Uh, so we should know this, and we probably already do. But why is collaboration a better choice?
1: When we collaborate, we can go further. You know, it's that old, um, it's that old proverb. You can, if you want to go quickly, go alone. But if you want to go further, go together. It's an old African proverb, and um, it's so, so, so true. I'm sitting right now in. Um, the One Center for Leadership. It's a collaborative workspace in downtown Canton, and what I have seen come out of this facility is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. There are people from every sector of a uh, sector of society. So we've got ministry, we've got schools, we've got government. Like we've got everything partnered in this building. We do a once a month gathering called coffee and collaborate where we just sit together and it's it's updates it's hey what are you doing like hey you mentioned this last month how can I jump in on that because I freed my calendar for that day it's it's as simple as like people saying hey I've got a conference on this day so then I hear that and I go okay I'm gonna make sure that I don't schedule a public event on that day so that our events aren't competing so that, so that we have people who are growing in their leadership in this space and then growing in their faith in this space, because if we're growing in both, man, watch out.
0: Yeah, that is so good. And so I'm just curious when you started that, having these conversations with those people right inside your own community and collaborating with them, did you find that they were a little surprised by someone reaching out and saying, hey, how can we collaborate? Because I feel like it's, it can be, depending on where someone is at, it can be kind of a, just a question that isn't heard, you know?
1: Right. Right. I mean, I feel like in the beginnings, uh, first met with surprise, like, oh, you didn't, you didn't need anything. You just wanted to, to sit down. Like you just wanted to meet with me. And, you know, it's sad that that's surprising. We should actually be upset that that's a surprising question. Come on. Yeah. Right? Like it should, when I, when I read scripture and when I look in the book of Acts and we look at the early forming of the church, people worked together. Yeah. Right. Like when they were organizing, it was, Hey, if you want me to do this job, then I need you to do this job. And I need somebody else to do this job. It was, it was all under the church and it was all working together. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, you know, it's the spirit of divisiveness and, uh, and competition that, that tore things apart, you know? And, and so it's, it's sad how surprising it was in the beginning, Um, But now, I mean, our, you know, I would say we're not all the way there, but we're, you know, the community is healing. Mm. The community is, we're slowly moving past individualism to work towards a we instead of a me, Uh. work towards an us instead of a them. I don't know that we'll ever be entirely there on this side of heaven, but, you know, we can hope and we can work for it because We should be working towards heaven on earth, right?
0: Right. Amen. Amen. Using wisdom, how do we know who would be a good fit for collaboration? Are there specific things that you look for personally?
1: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You want to look for people who share similar values. I don't think, I actually don't think that um, you have to look for, you know, if you're a faith based organization, I don't think you explicitly have to look for other faith based organizations. Um, Because there are some organizations by nature of how they get their funding that cannot be faith-based, but that doesn't mean they're not led by people of faith. And so, you know, it's just looking for people who have similar values and looking for people who are also moving towards a collective good. You know, I always say, look for people who are building kingdoms, not empires. Mm. And so if we're, if we're both about building the kingdom, and not building our own individual empire, not, then I believe we can get along. And so for me, it's just looking at the root of why that organization does what it does. Um, and if you can get to the root of why, and, and you guys agree on that, then you can probably work together.
0: Mm-hmm. And so what does that look like for you? Are you looking at their website? Is it a actual conversation with them? What, what is it that you're looking for?
1: Well, I think you want to look at websites to start, you know, because that's the public statement. Um, And so you want to start there, but then it doesn't end there. I mean, I think for me personally, I've got to sit down face to face with somebody to see how I truly feel and, and to ask them questions and, um, and, and always ask with an open spirit, you know, you, there's a difference between asking and interrogating, right?
0: Right. So you don't want
1: somebody to feel like they're being interrogated. It's sort of like, a um, uh, sort of like speed dating, you know, like you're sitting in front of somebody and you're like, Hey, so tell me about this and tell me about this. And what do you think of the And, and you can typically figure that out. You know, my favorite place to have those kind of meetings is in a restaurant because, I wholeheartedly believe you can tell everything you need to know about a person by how they treat a server. Yeah. So I, I love to take those kind of meetings in a place where you are interacting with people in the service industry, because, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think I can tell all I need to know Mm -hmm. (laughs) by how you
0: treat your server. Mm -hmm. Oh, Rachel, that is so good. Uh, so good, really. So, how do you model collaboration over competition in your life? I know that you've shared bits and pieces already, but tell us a little bit more about what that looks like in your own life.
1: You know, in my own life, it's taken me a little a little while to get to this point, but I've kind of taken a position that if uh, one of my friends runs a business, I'm gonna support it, mm. whatever it is. What Literally, when I say whatever, I mean, whatever it is. Did you open a coffee shop? Great. I'm going to start patroning your coffee shop. Do you sell cleaning supplies? Great. I clean my house. Um, Do you sell shampoo? Awesome. I wash my hair. So I just look for whatever it is that my friends are doing. And that's, that's where I start. Because if you don't do that in your own daily life, You're not going to do that in how you run your business and how you run your organization and how you engage with your church. If you can't do it in your own personal circle, you're not going to do it anywhere else. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I started. Mm -hmm. And so have you
0: seen that on, on the flip side of that, where people are, you know, helping you and coming alongside you and what you're doing?
1: Oh yeah, Definitely. Um, But at the same time, I do not, I have made it, uh, I have made it a practice to not check my lists and lay them side by side. So for example, what I mean by that is like, I do not, I do not look at who follows me on social media. I do not look at that. I do not look at who has bought from my personal business. I can honestly tell you, I have never looked at the tithe list for our church. I don't look at any of that, because I do not engage in support in a conditional fashion. Mm. I'm not giving my support and I'm not giving my uh, collaboration only to get it back. Mm -hmm. That's not why I'm doing it. And so I purposely do not look at who is reciprocating. Now, if I am collaborating and I start to sense, hey, this person is taking advantage. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna pay attention to that nudge from the spirit. And if I start to feel a little bit like, oh, I feel like maybe you started as kingdom, but you're moving towards empire, I'm gonna pay attention to that inclination um, because I'm gonna trust the way the spirit is leading. But I'm not, I'm not going to in a on a regular basis, withhold my generosity or withhold my collaboration or collaborative spirit um just because I'm hurt because you didn't do it back Mm -hmm. Uh, because I I do believe that people learn how to collaborate and they learn how to work together by seeing it modeled we've got to see it somewhere and so if I'm able to do that then I'm going to do that
0: oh that is so good So good, Rachel, what a, what a great illustration that you just shared of how, how this works. And even I think putting some tools in our toolbox to begin to take steps toward this. Uh, Thank you so much for sharing that. So it's such a great segue into my next question. Share with listeners what it looks like to champion other women, knowing that when she wins, we all win.
1: Oh my gosh. I, so I just, talked about this the other day with somebody of like it costs zero dollars it is entirely free to hype up your friends it is entirely free it costs absolutely no money if you have no financial uh financial gap in your life guess what it costs nothing to speak kindly about other people yeah and so i have made it a habit to be a fan of my friends, Mm -hmm. be a fan of my friends. My friend is launching a business and she just posted about it on her Instagram. I'm going to share that post because it costs no money to share that post. If my friend, I feel like is struggling with her kids because let's be serious. Sometimes kids are rough. Then I'm going to, I'm going to do something for her, whether it's, Hey, why don't you drop your kids off today and just go get some coffee and drive in the car and listen to a podcast. Hey, why don't you meet me for coffee and, or actually I'll pick it up. Let's go to a park and just, let's just let our kids run Mm -hmm. because we can do that. If my friend just gave a sermon, I'm going to listen to it. And then I'm going to text her and be like, Hey, you said this and I really liked it because you know what? I'm driving in the car anyways. So how about if instead of listening to music, I listen to her sermon or, you know, whatever it is, just hype your friends, hype your friends. It doesn't cost anything to do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that even with that, just reaching out and saying, hey, I'm just thinking about you and I just want you to know that I believe in you. I believe in, you know, the message that you're carrying. I believe in the content that you're creating in the world. I just want you to know I'm thinking about you and I'm I'm championing and cheering for you. I mean, wow. You know, I mean, we just never know if we follow that prompting of the spirit that that person, that friend needed to hear that at that
1: moment. Yeah. I mean, something I've realized (laughs) since we started leading a church, this is five years ago now, um, is that pastors only hear the bad stuff. Yeah. Nobody ever goes to their pastor and is like, hey, just want you to know I like that shirt. Like, nobody does that. Um, It's, you only get called when stuff is hitting the fan. And so, uh, as a way to just model, sharing encouragement I have started every time I think something good about somebody whether I'm just you know scrolling Instagram or driving in my car and I'm like you know what I'm really thankful for this person whatever it is I send that person a message and I don't care who they are I literally dm'd Bianca Altoff the other day on Instagram because I was like hey girl I just want you to know that your podcast the other day I'm still thinking about it and I dm'd her about that because you know what She, she's leading a mega church. I'm sure she's got people on her back all the time. I, uh, driving here actually to sit down and get on this. I sent a voice memo because I want to text and drive, just sent a voice memo to a friend of mine that I was like, Hey, you know, God has put you on my heart almost every day this week. And so I just want you to know that whatever you're going through, whatever you're seeking God on, he's putting you on the mind of people. It, why not? You know, why, why, why not tell people when we think good things about them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I would just encourage, and I think Rachel would too, if you're listening today, you know, if you have had someone on your heart for a while, you know, just reach out, send a text message, or I don't know, drop them a card in the mail. If you have their address, whatever the thing is, um, you just never know what that person, you know, if they're not really up close in your life, you never know what they're just kind of walking through, and your encouragement could be the exact thing that they needed at that moment to just keep going, to just keep putting one foot in front of the other and spurring her on or him on in in their faith and in whatever it is that they're doing for the kingdom. Oh, so good. So speak to the woman listening today that may have had a poor experience collaborating with someone and feels hesitant to try again.
1: Oh, we all have. First and foremost, I want you to know, like listen closely, turn the volume up wherever you're listening. We've <laughs> all felt that. We have all been burned in collaboration. I cannot think of one single person who has not been burned in collaboration. Honestly, even as simple as when you have a child and it comes out looking exactly like your husband, like I just carried that thing for nine months and did all the work and now it looks just like you, congratulations. (laughs) Like we've all felt it in some capacity, but keep going, Mm -hmm. keep going because there, you will find that like-minded person Mm -hmm. will. You are not the only one who has had the idea or thought the thing or, or tried to create the organization Whatever it is, you are not the only one who has thought that. And there is someone who is meant to collaborate with you. And the reason those other things didn't work out is because that wasn't your person. That wasn't your space. That wasn't your church. That wasn't your small group. That wasn't your people. Whatever it was, whatever it was, do not hold the sins of broken people as equal with the character of God
0: who say that again Rachel that's so good
1: don't hold the sins of broken people as equal with the character of God it is not God who burned you in collaboration it is a fallen sinful person who has experienced the same repercussions of sin entering the world that you have God did not do that to you that person did that to you mm-hmm. so yeah. keep going yeah keep going.
0: Yeah. And you were created for community. Uh, God never created any of us to do life alone. We need you and we need what, what you uh, bring to the table and whatever it is that God has placed on the inside of you, it's needed. It has value and um, there's a place for it. So uh, we need you. And we we're sorry that, that you maybe have experienced that, but there are, there are other people out there. There's a healthy community for you. And because God wants that for you, even more than you do, if you pray and invite him into that, he will bring those people into your life. And so we just pray that over you that, you know, that your eyes will be open to be able to recognize the answer to that prayer. So we, we believe in that for you. All right. So as I'm wrapping up this week's episode of my final question, why isn't it, and we're already kind of talking about this but why isn't it going solo optimal for us and how do we walk through seasons of building relationships
1: listen I am an introvert it might not seem like it but like I'm thriving right now because there's nobody else in this room and I know that at the end of this conversation I'm gonna feel excited because we did something fun but then I'm by myself again (laughs) I am an introvert. Like I would ten times right, right. I am ten <laughs> times out of ten going to choose doing something alone. But oh my gosh, the lessons and the people and the pieces of God that I would have missed out on had I done that. Mm-hmm. I I can't even I can't even comprehend how much of who God is I would have missed if I would have done things alone. Mm. The way that I have experienced and learned about scripture by sitting at the feet of people who are so different from me, it is absolutely amazing. We have become part of this network of people who are committed to uh, multi ethnic and multiracial churches. And the way that I have learned from those pastors, because we have aligned with them, oh my gosh. It's, it has en- enriched my understanding of scripture. It has changed the way that I communicate. It has, a- it has made me a better person and a better follower of Jesus because I have been willing to listen to other people and been willing to sit across from them and say, well, I never would have thought of it that way, but different isn't wrong. Yeah. And so like my life has been so enriched by opening up my bubble to other people.
0: That is so good. And from one introvert to the other, amen, sister. Yes. Amen, sister. Yes. (laughs) Hi, I'm Susan. I'm an introvert. (laughs) Right. Yes, I so get it. Oh, Rachel, this has been so good. And I feel like we could go on and on and on and just have. Parts of, you know, part one, right. tune in next week for part two. This is so rich. Thank you for um, for just adding value to our lives and investing your wisdom and what the Lord has taught you over the years, um, just in this 30 minutes together. Uh, so tell the listeners if they want to stay connected with you,
1: how can they find you? Um, well, Instagram is probably the easiest way. Uh, my Instagram handle is just at Rachel. Elise H, um, -H R-A-C-H-E-L-E-L-Y-S-E-H. That's probably the easiest way. And I've got everything linked up in there. Uh, My husband and I and our best friend, we do a podcast. It's called the Bless Up Podcast. Um, Enter at your own risk. We're really off the wall. Uh, (laughs) We kind of hit everything because we are very different, uh, very different people. And we just have so much fun. Um, those are probably the two easiest ways. Um, I mean, our church does, we put everything up online. It's just thirdstreetchurch.com. That, yeah, I would say that's, that's going to be sufficient.
0: All right. (laughs) All right. Well, um, be sure to check out the show notes. All of those links will be in the show notes. And I I just have a feeling that you are going to want to stay connected to Rachel. Um, so with that, we we love you. We believe in you. And we just want you to know that you are fully seen. You are fully heard, fully known. And God could not love you any more than he loves you right now at this very moment. Thank you again for tuning in and stay well. And I will catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.